What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside Lines Podcast. I'm your host, Atoya Burleson. And I am Tia Averill. Coming up a bit later in the show, we'll be chatting with Emmy award-winning media maven and co-founder of Diversified Now, Relicia Brumfield. But before we get into that, Tia, what's good? Girl, I feel like it's been a a minute since we chatted. (laughs) It has, but it hasn't. (laughs) That's the reality of our lives. Look, I'm like, oh, it's a lot that took place. (laughs) I I think the last time we chatted, Mm -hmm. we were getting ready for the Super Bowl reunion weekend. Yes. When I say I had such a good time Aww. seeing everybody, like um, they did dinners, like cocktail hour situation, Friday and Saturday, did practice and community stuff on um, Saturday and then the game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you forget like 10 years is actually a really long time, right? And yes. so like some people, they left the team right after the Super Bowl year. So we haven't really mm-hmm. seen, um, maybe seen some social media stuff. So it was good to really catch up with the wives. Yeah. But um, but it was also interesting because like I said, some of the guys were cut right after, maybe after the second um, Super Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. And so it was very interesting watching the guys kind of like settle into, oh yeah, we really did this. And yeah. also- it's over, you know, because most, almost everybody but Bobby and Russell are have retired. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like this full circle little situation of healing and reconnecting and all the things that was really good to see. That's awesome. It's a special time. Like a lot of people don't get that experience. So I'm glad that you guys got to kind of relive it a little bit, which is dope. Yes, yes, yes. It was good. What about you? What's been going on? Well, I officially have a driver now, Nehemiah. Come on, Nene. Uh, he Come got on. his keys to his car. He got his license. I am so happy. I am free. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost. Um, almost. But in the sense of like, you know, I was, you know, getting everybody to school and, you know, this and mm-hmm. that and making picking them up and making sure. So now that he can drive, I've already put him to work. Not only is he driving y'all, but I've had him go to the grocery store. I've like think. had him run some errands for me. And like, he loves it. He feels like real responsible. So it's cute. It's, it's a good moment. That around is here. awesome. <laughs> what what uh, Mia have him running around doing? You know, Mia wanted to go to her favorite place down the street. It's his Walgreens because she likes to go... Uh, <laughs> She loves to go uh, frolic around in the makeup sections and find little okay, stuff, okay. And little lip stuff, and you know, yeah. it's like the little thirteen-year-old girls do. They just like their little beauty products, and I'm tried this, and I'm going to put this on, and I saw this on TikTok. So, you know, he has to have Look. patience. It ain't just taking her there. He got to deal with all that. But, yeah, you know, it's it's a good learning lesson for him. <laughs> like he's in, he's still in that phase where you know, when you first start driving, you don't mm-hmm. mind your parents sending you to the store seventy-two times. Yeah, but in a minute, but then you get grown. You like, I don't want to go to another damn store. I don't want to be behind the wheel of anything. But yes. that's like so. I saw his um his car. Yes, we surprised him after football practice with this car. It was it was a cool moment. Like I just picked it. I went to pick him up, and we were uh, getting ready to go. And I said, "Do you want to drive?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So he gets out of the car on the passenger side, comes around to the driver's side, and get and he uh-huh. gets in. And I'm like, "No, not this car." And I pointed and he looked over and he was like so shocked and so happy, so surprised. And he's so cute. He's such my big baby. So my little bear, he just hugged us. He was just so happy. And when I tell you he's so responsible, he's like, Mom, I'm at 99 miles. When do I need to refill my tank? I'm like, son, (laughs) you're going down the street to school. You all right. Okay. You ain't taking long road trips. Relax. (laughs) 
he has developed a healthy habit because I'd be yes. like, okay, 15 miles to eat and then maybe I'll stop. <laughs> He's like asking all the questions. He wants to know how it works. He wants to know what he needs to mm-hmm. do. So it's super cute, you know, because compared to my first one, he was just like, throw me the keys, I'm out. He didn't ask no questions. Yeah. <laughs> he was just in them streets. Okay, so does he know like what type of gas and stuff to put in the car? Like he, he knows all that kind of stuff? He okay. knows what type of gas to put in. He knows... Um, like we went through all of that but the uh-huh. funniest part about it is like he asked even more questions like we uh-huh. went through the whole spiel with nate and he was like all right i'm out and that was it like he didn't ask any other questions <laughs> he was in the streets and nehemiah's like hey mom i'm going to walgreens to get some epsom salt to soak in my bathtub uh, for my football game like that's as far is as he's okay? i'm like bro can i do that <laughs> I'm like, get out a little bit. Go a little further than Walgreens. Like, let's let's go down to uh, go to the mall. Like, do something. Yeah, go pick so, your friends up. Yeah, I love so, it. So he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take my friend. We're gonna go. I'm gonna take him. We're gonna go uh, get some bagels. I'm like, all right, Aww. live your best life, son. So it's cute. Right, as long it's as he's happy. They all so different. I'm here for it. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> and he's just smiling. He just sits in his car when he pulls into the driveway. Just sits in his car. I'm like, what you doing? Nothing. Just smiling. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Enough about that. Y'all will understand if y'all not there yet. It's a pretty cool experience for sure. Tia, you're going to be there before you know it. Uh, Look, I feel like (laughs) Zay going to be more like little Nate. I'm about to be like, boy, if you don't get back here, (laughs) put some gas in this car. No. (laughs) Yes. It's so, but it's so cool. Like you realize, you know, you just remember being young again and how excited you were to like have a little yeah. bit of freedom and responsibility, um, but still go kick it with your friends and hang out. Like it's a dope feeling. So I'm excited for him and I'm excited to be free, but enough about that. Y'all we're going to get into our interview with the amazing Relicia Brumfield. On the show today, we have an amazing woman. She is the co-founder of Diversified Now, the founder of the Kingdom Divas Movement, and she is a Emmy-nominated and award-winning media maven who's worked with a plethora of networks, including CBS, NBC, and iHeart, just to name a few. Please welcome Relicia Brumfeld to the show. What's up, girl? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so honored you? to be here. I know. I'm so excited well. to, to see your face and talk Likewise. to you in real time. Yeah. We're so excited. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join me, ladies. So excited. Yes. And if if you guys are listening, you got to watch because her background is everything. Okay. Let's start there. Should we talk about the background? (laughs) Let's do it. I think that's a great place to start. You know, by day, thank you so much for that warm introduction. Um, (laughs) Because by day, that's exactly who I am. I am a media maven. I have the privilege of working and serving in local media. Shout out to my CBS Chicago family. Um, And by (laughs) night, I continue to evolve, whether it's in my own company, Diversified Now, my nonprofit, the Kingdom Divas Movement, or what I like to call my first ministry my family so I am a mama bear of three I am a coffee lover and Uh, I am a new and recent widow so um, I believe mm -hmm. God is definitely using me I am evolving I'm transforming and I'm so excited to hopefully shine some light and share it with you all today absolutely so we're going to talk about that in a little bit um, but I want to talk about just 
let's talk about where you were raised. Like talk about where you come from. What, where does all this amazing, the spirit, um, because you're so positive and mm-hmm. your voice is like sultry. I'd be listening like, oh, she sounds <laughs> so amazing. So tell us where this all comes from. Yes, I am a Chicago native. Chi Town is my city. Now, I have to give a little caveat. A lot of people say they're from Chicago, but they live in the suburbs, okay? I am that that suburban girl. However, (laughs) um, the hybrid (laughs) has made me who I am, and you can't tell me that this city isn't mine. I currently Mm. reside in Flossmoor, Illinois, which is a southern suburb of Chicago, but Uh trust and believe I'm only 30 minutes away. So I grew up up in the city, but I also had Mm -hmm. that suburban balance. Um, I grew up loving the arts. I grew up, um, I am actually from a Chicago public school um, in terms of my Mm -hmm. elementary and formative years. And then as I grew older, came out to the suburbs um, in which, you know, high school, um, you know, I pursued and then went to to Southern Illinois um, for college. So Chicago, Illinois, it is home based, but I I have to really accredit my mother and my grandmother and my aunts, my Mm -hmm. Village, my specifically a community of women who always mm-hmm. believed in keeping me exposed. So for me, mm-hmm. my pathway to dreaming bigger outside of Chi Town was the arts, whether it was mm-hmm. visual arts. I was a dancer. I studied with Alvin Ailey in New York. Um, So that was really my pathway to dream bigger. Um, And so I went through a lot of things in my younger years as a dancer, uh, Mm -hmm. one being being, you know, diagnosed with a severe case of scoliosis. And I'm bringing that up only because it shifted my passions. It shifted my interests, but also Mm -hmm. my capabilities. And so Mm -hmm. if it were up to me, I would be going and being a part of the Renaissance tour with Beyonce <laughs> after funny. touring the world with Alvin Ailey. She's actually going to be in Chicago this weekend. It's in yeah. um, July, latter parts of July. Um, uh-huh. That would that was originally my dream. But God had different plans. And so I always say, you know, being able to reach people and use my gift to inspire that mm-hmm. mission, that calling is still the same. My stage is different. And so I'm able to do that in local media. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm able to do that in the city that I love so much. Well, let's go back a little bit because you because I'm sure there was a huge transitional period for you, right? Like when you were diagnosed with scoliosis and you were when you found out you, you could no longer pursue that passion of of dance. Like how was that transition and how did you really navigate through that tough time? It was extremely tough. But when I think about some of the moments in which you kind of had these major disruptions. That was probably one of my first biggest Mm. life's disruptions. It was an invitation to draw myself closer to purpose. So at the time and in the moment, I was devastated because I was a dancer. I mean, training seven days a week. I mean, Uh Christmas came and the next day we were in the studio. I'm not sure if you ever heard of Hip Lay, the uh, African-American beautiful, the bad ballerinas. That was me before Hip Lay had an official brand. That was me. Um, I trained with Homer Bryant. So that was my footprint. So, of course, deviating from that, Mm -hmm. you know, felt for me like the ultimate punishment. Uh But it really also allowed me to explore different areas of my giftings um, Mm -hmm. and continue to put in that hard work. And if you trust God, he'll continue to open doors. So now looking back, I realized that disruption really catapulted Uh me into new levels of purpose and impact in my career. Yeah, you've had over 10 years now of media experience. Yeah. Um, How did you decide to take that path? 
You know, for me, again, I think being a part of arts, you, Mm -hmm. for me, I became quickly um, just enamored with Mm -hmm. production and building Mm -hmm. and telling a story um, and using for dance your body as that vehicle for expression. But I realized I love to write. I love to speak. So now I can use my words um, as that same vehicle for expression. So um, it brought me back in a way to you know, my first love, which was arts um, (laughs) and expression, but also being able to build a career um, in a different and unique way. So. So what was that path like? It was it was interesting, you know, because at the end of the day, as a African-American woman in media, it is hard. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But also having a technical dance background is also very hard Um, for me, the way your body is shaped and the curves you have. And you can have the same skill set as a dancer as maybe someone else of a different background or descent. But you look different. Uh Well, Mm -hmm. again, I think that was battleground and training ground for my career in media. Um, and so it was definitely a rocky road, but I was that huh. girl that was not afraid to put in the work. Right. One thing you cannot you, do is outwork me. Did you that. study that for college? Like, is that? I did. I did. Okay. Um, my, my, my major um, was radio television with a specialization in media marketing and management. Um, and so I literally got laser focused in that area and just went all in. And so um, I remember in college, there was an opportunity to um, apply for a fellowship and thousands of candidates applied. And I remember the night that the application was due, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just turn it in. And in my spirit, God was like, you're gonna get this. And I'm like, really? Just literally turn the application in at 1159. Um, And that, answering that call and being obedient, turning that application in, getting it done no matter what, that's really what catapulted my career right after college. I graduated like wow. May 9th, May 20th. I was moving to New York. Um, and that opened kind of the pathway to work for other networks and things like that. Oh. How was that moving from, from Chicago to New York? Listen, because I know, have never I met anybody it. more proud of where they're from than Chicagoans and New York folks. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. Um, New York is my happy place. I mean, I can mm. go there. And it's so interesting because it's so fast paced. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. anything I would say is zen. Um, but <laughs> it is. It does something to me. It, it reminds me of that fire that mm-hmm. I had coming into the industry. And it just it inspires me so incredibly much. But it was a lot coming from Chicago to New York, it was a lot. I played it super cool because if I didn't, I knew my parents would not be okay coming to get their baby girl to New York. So I had to play it cool, but I was nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, And my late husband, we were high school sweethearts. So it was also an adjustment from leaving home, leaving the love of my life, who would eventually become my husband um, Mm -hmm. and starting this career. You know, I had a lot of people say, and you want to do what? And you going where? Um, but I have faith and, and, Mm -hmm. and I took a leap of faith and, um, it opened a lot of doors. Okay. So you go from Chicago to New York. How long are you in New York? Almost two years. You're okay. So you're there for two years and Mm -hmm. then what happens from there? And the love of my life and I, we became pregnant, had a family. And I mean, New York First of all, living in New York, I I went there. I was able Mm -hmm. to um, start my career there via a fellowship program. Mm -hmm. And they kind of put you up. 
You know, they set you mm-hmm. up. You live in the nice yeah. life. I think I was on <laughs> NYU's campus. Okay. Not uh-huh. too far from Tribeca. It was totally fake it till you make it. And I had a first job. Like it was, it was the thing. And I then you get it. a job and they're like, oh, by the way, bye. So it was. It was so it was already expensive out the gate, but then you start a new life. And so for me, I was devastated because I grew up this black girl in the church. Um, you you knew about fornication. You mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you tried in my case to live this perfect life, and then you mm-hmm. become pregnant. Um, you, you've been yeah. living and walking this path of perfection, and you become pregnant, and your career's jump starting, and you got to come home, and so. It was mm-hmm. a lot that came with that. Mm-hmm. And it took me years to really step and receive the gift and the blessing um, that would be the start of our family. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was it was a it was a, it's shameful it was a, a little bit, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was so, it was definitely shameful, I would say. Yeah. I struggled a little bit with that too, because when I had my first son, my husband and I were living apart. We weren't mm-hmm. we weren't married or anything mm-hmm. either. Um and I was like really embarrassed. I'm like, I'm about to go in here and excuse me, but I'm about to go in here with these white people. They're going to be like, yeah. not only have we never seen your boyfriend, you're pregnant. Like, is he even really right? real? You know what I mean? And like all yeah. those, all those things. Right. So I can only yeah. imagine because I didn't have, granted, I did go to church and all the things, but I didn't um, have that spiritual pressure too. Right. Yeah. So. How did you even make the decision that, okay, I'm going to step away from what I literally just jump started here in New York and and go home because I only ask that because you know the men yeah. they don't be worried about switching up nothing it yeah. really be you it's know all on us. women mm-hmm. right you know I think in this case I don't want to say I was trapped but I think we knew. <laughs> We had a strong love. He was on a mission to get me back to Chicago. Um, but but deeper than that, I remember scary. him sharing with me, and I get a little emotional thinking about it. It's not over, and we're going to mm. do this. Mm. And I don't know how, but baby, I got you. And there's something about mm. a man affirming you from a place of security, mm-hmm. even when it's not necessarily over. Mm-hmm. All the way laid out, right? I had it. I got you, right? He had a plan. Yeah, (laughs) but you know you're not alone. Different conviction. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know you're not alone, and it was a Mm -hmm. different conviction that he was rooted in. His Mm -hmm. heart posture was different, but beyond Mm -hmm. that, I saw his maturity grow different. I saw his faith grow different. I saw his work grow different. And so Mm -hmm. when he said, "I got you, and we're gonna do this." it definitely was an opportunity for me to exhale and also mm-hmm. accept the journey that we were starting. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't got to a place of forgiving myself yet um, or, mm-hmm. you know, really, really, really understanding that this is a part of my journey. But I knew that I was protected. I knew it was almost like a divine embrace covering us saying, no, mm-hmm. this is the next step. So again, back to those life disruptions calling you closer to purpose and who Mm -hmm. you really are. That was another one. Yeah. You know, you said something, you said I hadn't forgiven myself. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like you let yourself down? You you talked about the shame of going back home and everyone else judging you, but like, do you feel Mm -hmm. deep down inside it was your own uh, unforgiveness 
um, and guilty yeah. people on yourself that hits you the, the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. I think now when I use the language of forgiving myself, Mm -hmm. it's more so coming from the place of me even thinking in the first place that Mm. me having a child was the mistake. I had to forgive myself for even having Mm -hmm. that frame of reference. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not careful, you'll hold on to that. And then as mm-hmm. you begin to move into life, as you begin to evolve, and I mean, that was almost 10 years that I had to go through this journey of realizing, no, yeah. the real forgiveness was me not realizing early that this was a gift. Yeah. This, this precious baby was a gift. And now mm-hmm. as we get more into my story, this gift is holding me up too, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think now I use that language more. So I had to learn to forgive myself for even thinking um, that a mistake was through the lens of life and of, mm-hmm. of the blessing that my child is because he Girl, is everything, the epitome of God's gift. You better but preach, Relicia. In the natural too. <laughs> Listen, That's I'm it. like, you That's are speaking. That's a word. Okay. A lot of women need to understand what you just said right there. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. I think it's we, like it's like the thought of things not going as planned or how you planned it. It don't mean that it's this this horrible thing. It just means it's a shift in the in the journey, and yes. it can all be gifts, right? Girl, you better you it, keep preaching. Sorry, it, it I didn't is. Mean to cut you and off. it it really is. And so I think about you know how in our black communities, how in our black church, we shame people. So that's mm-hmm. where we begin to think I got to forgive myself. Yes. You know, because this has mm-hmm. been kind of indoctrined in me but you know I think Mm -hmm. as you grow you know and and you have the opportunity to really feel love for me that was through and still is my late husband you really begin to break down and unpack some of those thoughts Mm -hmm. Um, and for me it's realizing this was a gift from God and that gift is holding me up right now um, and helping me continue to go forth So you're not only speaking to us, you're speaking to all of our listeners, but you're also Mm -hmm. speaking to your Kingdom Divas movement, okay? Yay. Talk Mm -hmm. about what that is, because you have a gift of teaching and words. Um, But talk about what Kingdom Divas movement is, and we'll go from there. Wow. So the Kingdom Divas movement is really about celebrating, serving, and edifying women globally Mm -hmm. from all Mm -hmm. shapes and walks and um, backgrounds, celebrating the duality of the woman, but focusing Mm -hmm. on her soul first. Um, You know, I think, again, growing up with a very strong background in faith, you know, it's easy to think that if you're a believer, you got to look this way and act this way. And Mm. um, or if you 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 you, um, are a woman in faith, that means you can't be sexy. Or if you are a woman in faith, you can't Mm -hmm. um, express yourself and be rooted in the aura of what a woman is to you. Mm. The Kingdom Divas movement is saying, you come, you come, you come, you come. Mm-hmm. Um, we're celebrating that womanhood, whatever face you choose uh, to put on, mm-hmm. but also edifying you at the same time so that your mm. soul is fed and you can find safety. So we've paused mm-hmm. for a significant amount of time, especially now in this season, um, as I'm adjusting and acclimating to being um, a younger widow. But, oh, I'm so excited for next year and getting back. Um, we had the opportunity um, to raise um, and collect uh, donations for Primo Center, which is an African-American center 
um, that houses homeless men and women and families. And what mm-hmm. I didn't realize with a lot of shelters is if you have children, you can't come. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't understand right. that. And mm-hmm. so um, being able to serve like a primo center in Chicago was huge mm-hmm. because they accepted families and um, it was it's black owned as well. So um, that's a little bit about the Kingdom Divas movement. Mm-hmm. It's definitely under a bit of a relaunch right now, but I'm so excited um, for all there is to come. Yeah, you're, the, the website, when you read about it, it, it's, there's just, you have some amazing words in there. They're very powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, you have, it's a gift for you. So um, I yeah, know you. when you get it back up and running, you got to let us know. We would definitely yeah. love to. Thank you so much. Just I appreciate support. the encouragement. Yeah. So I know you mentioned, um, you've said it a few times, um, that you are a recent widow. So my mm-hmm. sincere condolences. Um, is this something you are comfortable talking about and kind of sharing where you are along your your journey? Yes. I mean, I I get emotional thinking about this story and 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 being placed with you all um mm-hmm. because I remember last spring um, my husband and I discovering the aneurysms. This was in early part of April. He had two brain aneurysms. Uh-huh. Um, completely out of left field. We are in our mid-30s, um, would never expect two brain aneurysms. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember him being in the hospital, um, in the ER, and I remember I found this podcast. And so I was listening mm-hmm. into this podcast and things like that and catching up on episodes. Um, my husband was a huge fan of CBS Mornings, but more so because Aww. he was absolutely crazy about Nate. <laughs> and he he just felt seen. He felt represented. He felt mm-hmm. like you all represented black excellence. And so in such a hard time, you all were a safe space for me. It was like I can let my hair down in the hospital, pat you all in my ear, <laughs> looking right at you on my phone. Um but it was a connection because he really, really, really uh, rocked with your husband, Toya. Mm. Um, so to now fast forward, be here a year later, um, and this being exclusively my first time even speaking about my story, I feel so much strength. But I found I find myself feeling comforted in a in a way, like I was in that mm. hospital room with mm. these two Aww. beautiful queens. So I'm absolutely um, honored to begin this journey of sharing my story starting here on the podcast. Girl, you got me all watery. <laughs> Listen, so I'm the truth. That is so <laughs> sweet. And, it's the truth. And yes. the fact that you found us um, and mm-hmm. the fact that he watched Nate and then you found us, that, it's, that is like something out of a story, like mm-hmm. a, right. something made up. Um, and then we're here like a year And then, yes, and later. then here we are. Yeah. Um, what a blessing! It's crazy, yeah. it is crazy. Um, and and I know it hasn't been easy for mm-hmm. you. I know when you you discovered mm-hmm. this, um, I know that that journey, um, like you said, it came out of nowhere. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like how these things they just come out of nowhere. You're like, what? Wait, how, why? How? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So completely was, out of nowhere. So as far as as what you knew, what what did they say to you? Like when when you found this out. Mm-hmm. What did the doctor say? We are in a litigation case right now because gotcha. there were a okay. lot of uh, missteps. 
I would gotcha. say. Mm-hmm. Um, we went in, however, in the emergency room because he was complaining of the worst headache of his life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. just listen around, you know, typically that is yep. an indicator of yep. an aneurysm. And mm-hmm. I have the type of man that, you know, if he get a common cold, he's going to pretend like it's the end of the world. But if something is really yeah. bothering him, it's going to take a lot for him yep. to shut down that part or to say something that is I bothering need to go. him. Yeah. Yes. You know, if he just got a cold, it's the end it's of the always world. the cold. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Listen the cold but I mean, if something is out. really wrong, he's going to show up. He's going to take mm-hmm. care of the family. He's Try going to push yeah. through. Push through. This was mm-hmm. different. Yeah. He said, I got to go to the doctor. He said, take me to the ER. Um, so complaining of the worst headache of his life, mm-hmm. um, in short, we were dismissed. Mm-hmm. And not even 20 days later, the discovery of the two aneurysms ruptured. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that is the hardest part. Because I remember being in that ER advocating for him. No, he needs yeah. a CAT scan. I won't leave unless he has that. Um, mm-hmm. Did you look at his actual blood vessels? Like, what are you saying? To the point where they said, did you practice medicine? I'm like, no, but a good Google search will lead right. me down the path <laughs> yeah. That's right. of yeah. some wisdom to yeah. say something is off. So mm-hmm. I can't go too far into detail, particularly mm-hmm. yeah. about my interactions at the hospital and what did they say, but I can firmly say they didn't say enough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, 20 days later, the aneurysms ruptured, which led to his untimely transition. Yeah, yeah that, that is hard because you because mm-hmm. to your point, something could have been done and, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, you, a, you know, that is a case for a lot of black people. We talk about yes. it all the time. It's talked about a lot. And they, we are dismissed a lot. Yeah. And change needs to come. It's always, absolutely. Like, you know, the, absolutely. there's no extra steps for us. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, this experience, if I can use my voice, mm-hmm. if I can use the platform that I've been given, mm-hmm. trust and believe it's going to be in some way hoping to advance the reality of that conversation because yes. it's it's not what I read anymore. It's not what I can empathize with anymore. It's it it happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe in my soul. Greater has to be coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. you call yourself the widow warrior, and that's for a yeah. reason. So I know greater will be coming because you're gonna keep Thank fighting for, for what's right. And well-deserved for you and your family. You. And um, I just thank you for your strength and courage to be able to even thank talk you. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's anything we can do, please let us know. Get more attention, whatever it is, please <laughs> let us know. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I will. I will. It, it is this journey of healing is a slow, it's a slow path. And for me, someone who loved to get things done and mm-hmm. being in hype you know, paced mm-hmm. environments. It's been yeah. a challenge. Yeah. Because it's like, no, sit still, be still and know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm I'm in that season, yet mm-hmm. still having to be a mama of three and hold down the household in ways that it's like, I don't know that this was supposed to be for me. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need some help here. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it it's a journey. So I do have a I have a question. Um 
And and I think it's just because in general we avoid the conversation of grief, right? And yeah. so when it hits you, you're you're never really prepared. Especially you talk about a mid thirties, you're really just getting your groove, just right. in terms of family and life, right? So you really don't even think about even being prepared for it, getting your kids mm, prepared yeah. for it, and all of the things, right? Um, but I did see uh, one of your Instagram posts where um, you were honoring your husband, and you said you do feel like he prepared you to some degree. Um, can you chat a little bit about that? And then I got another follow-up question, but <laughs> just chat about just the preparation. But Andre Blake Brumfield, you know, he was a man of valor and integrity and character, but he would always say in the smallest ways, if I wasn't here, baby, what would you do? And I'm not saying that because I can't do it, but I want mm-hmm. you to see your own strength. And at the time, it used to annoy me. Like, dude, yeah, well, do just it. do it. Like, <laughs> We're not talking about my own strength. I'm talking about you going to get the kids right now because I'm tired. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and feeding them and doing their homework and stepping three hours into my shoes, bro. I don't know if I'm trying to hear my own strength right now. Okay. Right. Um, uh, but. It was true. And I always say now, Mm -hmm. did you have an inkling something was about to happen? Because if you did, you could have just let me know. Mm. But it was subtle ways. It was subtle Mm -hmm. moments. Um, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think as we talked about that conversation on forgiveness, I began to be, I wouldn't say insecure, but I was double-minded. I would second-guess my intuition. Um, And he would always say, no, no, what are you thinking? You know what to do. You know Mm. what's on your heart. You know what's right. You know what's making you smile. You know what's causing you a bit of friction. All Mm -hmm. of those things right now is what I have to tap into because I don't have that Mm -hmm. sounding board in the same uh, physical realm that I once did. Um, So a lot of that prepared me. Mm. Um, I think the greatest preparation, though, was where where we found refuge on our hardest days, and that was prayer. And on the hardest days, we would pray together. And I think that was the ultimate preparation because when the tears fall, at the end of the day, when it's me and those three babies, um, Mm -hmm. when it feels dark, when I don't know how I can keep going, when I feel lost in it all, Mm -hmm. it's on my knees in prayer that I feel His presence, but I feel His presence. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was the greatest um, preparation, being loved well. Yeah. That I can say I I had. You know, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful because for you, and you talk about being high school sweethearts and mm-hmm. uh, for him to just be this man of wisdom so long, for, uh, for such, at such a young age yeah. and mm-hmm. be able to speak into you and love on you like that. That is a, it is a beautiful gift. Um, it, it, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. He did. He did. Now, he he was the extrovert. I was the introvert. He had a phenomenal soul. But oh, my goodness, he had his seasons <laughs> of he was Mr. Popular. He was Mr. Funny. He was Mr. Charismatic. You know, I know. You know, I so know. it was all of the. <laughs> but I saw something <laughs> and I worked with what I saw. And oh, glory. I get it. I get it. <laughs> the man before get- you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so he wasn't just 
full of wisdom. It, it was always in him, but it just yeah. it, it glowed a different way. Let's just say that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get what you what you throw at me definitely because I, I think about it in the same sense. You know, he definitely has all these other things, but um, the greatest thing about it is when it ca- when it came to you, when it comes to you, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know Absolutely. how to speak into your life and love you the right way, and that's beautiful. Oh yeah, he definitely did without a doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and let's talk about your beautiful kids. Yay! So I have three, a 13-year-old, my eldest son, um, middle baby is Grace. My eldest is Aiden. Um, Middle baby is Grace. She's six. And oh, that Isaiah is Andre's twin in every shape, form, or fashion. Watch out, okay? Watch out for that one. That's, That's the one gotta intercede on his behalf but he is a gift he is a light to the world um let's just put it that way but I so I am a mama and it's it's hard okay it is hard you I know you you ladies can attest to that and more Mm -hmm. it is hard Mm -hmm. especially going from you know a a two-parent household you know and for me we work very hard to not be a broken family, if you will, yeah. or me be a single mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm stepping into a world, God, I didn't ask for this. In fact, we yeah. put in work so that this didn't be our reality. Make this plain for me. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot, but yeah. they they bring me joy. They bring me hope. Yeah. Um, and... They make me laugh every step of the way. My daughter's name is Grace. Um, And, um, you know, five is the biblical number for Grace. Mm -hmm. My husband transitioned on five, five, and I always felt like God's grace is still covering us. Mm. Um, So in different ways, they speak to me. Um, Aiden, Andre used to tell him all the time, my oldest, if something were to happen to me, you're the man of the house. And I don't want you to wear that from the space of you need to provide as a child, but I want you to understand you have everything in you you need to succeed. Um, You know, so I think about those things and Isaiah, his aura, his charisma, his his humor. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it it it's hard. It is so hard. But I also am reminded of my late husband in in all of them, and it's an honor to be able to see them just grow. It's it's mm-hmm. it's been so fast already. Yeah. Um, but they are the light of my life. Yeah. T and I talked about this a little bit uh, with someone else, and we were talking about therapy and yeah. uh, work. You know, going to someone and and talking to someone and working through your thoughts. Um, and I I'm sure that you have someone that you see. How do you feel about and what do you think about doing something like that for your kids at such a young age? Do you feel like that that's a part You know, of the I think that's the natural default um, in terms of your village or community, just mm-hmm. sharing recommendations or what feels like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I will say I think every child is different, but what I'm mm-hmm. discovering, having children 13, 6, and 4 is if you really think about it, it can be very logical. As a child, talking to strangers is just not what you naturally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking to, yeah. it's not what you're taught. Don't talk yeah. to strangers. Um, yeah. As a child, um, then talking about grief, talking about death, and they don't even have a language to process. Right. 
Sometimes that vehicle can be something that brings things up in them that really causes them to revert. That's just my experience. And that's just what I've had to I never thought about it that way. That is a great explanation. And so when they're not ready uh to have a conversation, you're like, talk, 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 talk. They Mm -hmm. don't have a language for it. Yeah. (laughs) I barely Mm -hmm. got one. Right. I barely know how to say there's nights I cry every day and I don't know Mm -hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't know if I could get up and make kids breakfast, but somehow I did. But mm-hmm. all I want to do is go back to sleep. My kids don't know yeah. how to process emotions that way yet. Yeah. You know, so what I'm trying to do is find different supplements and avenues that they find safety in. My oldest loves mm-hmm. basketball. So I made sure he was in the Chicago Bulls basketball camp. My middle Aww. child, Gracie Pooh, she loves cheer. She loves dance. Um, so I ensure she, you know, has that outlet. Mm-hmm. The youngest loves to flip, play, run. <laughs> He's in some type of ninja All the energy. gymnastics. Um, let it out, child. And let's go to bed when you get home. Okay. Right? Um, and then I, we try to do um, camps. So this mm-hmm. summer through Northwestern um, University in the auditorium theater here in Chicago, they have a grief camp. And it's called Hearts to Arts. But the vehicle is different Um, than just sitting down with a therapist. It's how do we use artistic expression to process our emotions? mm, So mm. I think they had that available for all three kids. Well, no, Isaiah's too young. I think it starts at six. Okay. And Isaiah's only four. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he would turn that camp upside down in in the most (laughs) loving way. But I don't know if it would go from hearts to art. I don't know if it would land with him. I think it would be from heart to heart. Come get your child. Hey, it's something about the last kids. It's like, what did I do to deserve this? This thing? Oh, I don't know. Andre Blake Brumfield is all through that last one. Love him, love him with my whole heart. But it is just the truth. Um, but in all seriousness, I don't know that we've gotten to the place in the journey yet where they're ready to mm-hmm. have that one-on-one therapeutic experience yet. I even think right. about when I first started therapy. It took a while to get into it, a groove yeah. where I felt comfortable to yeah. genuinely express myself. So I think every child is different, but don't mm-hmm. be afraid to listen to what naturally comes up from them and mm-hmm. don't yeah. feel conditioned to force them to speak and they're just not there yet. That's good. Yeah. That's, That's great good. advice. I love that. Mm-hmm. What advice do you okay. have for women that are have experienced something similar to what you've experienced? What would you say mm-hmm. to them? Who I would say, first thing I would say is if you can, sit with yourself and rest. Mm. Um, because grief and complicated grief and intense grief through my widowhood experience is one that is so incredibly draining physically. Physically, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I would say sit with yourself and don't be afraid to do that. And I think as beautiful as my love story, our love story was and the amazing accomplishments in media and things like that I've been blessed to have, I was conditioned Mm -hmm. to keep going. Mm -hmm. That stillness and peace like, what am I doing? Even now, I find myself, if I have a day off with the kids or if they went to a vacation with the grandparents and no one's home and I'm like, let me go do this, 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 this. It's like, no, 
sit mm-hmm. with yourself. Try to take your mind off of it. Um, I think for a while, the first few months, I avoided that because okay. I was scared what would come up. I would say for me, don't be afraid. Lean into it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, that's where you find their spirit and their energy ready to comfort you, even in your pain. Yeah. I would also say silence the noise. You'll have people telling you, don't do this. Put your child in this. Did you get this? You got to get up, girl. You got to be strong. You got three kids to take care of. I know. I feed them every day. Mm. But there's going to be some days where DoorDash or Lunchable is Mm. what's for dinner because that's all I got. And you have to silence that noise. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the last thing I would say for me Keep your prayer game strong, but also, what is the thing that make you happy? You know, mm. I, and I don't want to sound shallow at all, but just, I, I got to keep my hair done. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> everybody was like, why, you know, of all the things you're going to do today, why is that? You know what? It brought me joy. It got me through. Mm-hmm. It helped me get mm-hmm. up. It made me feel good. That's I like yeah. to feel good. Um yeah. So you're, you're going to find people that have something to say. You're going to find people that, you know, are only trying to care, but can mm-hmm. say things that are so critical. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to find people up in your business. Are you dating again? And things like that. Oh, if girl. I was, I don't know that this this is the forum with you. Right. That I would share it with. <laughs> right. Like, but I haven't talked to you since. <laughs> if I did, is it is it your business? Right. And if I did, go me. You know, so you have to um, you have to silence the noise. I think appreciate that silence, even though it will feel isolating. Mm -hmm. Um, Get your prayer language strong. Find the things that make your soul smile and stay there as long as you need. Yeah, I think that's good for even people trying to support um, individuals who may be experiencing this. Right. Because sometimes you get in that space where you feel like you got to say something. You got to feel the Mm -hmm. space like and sometimes the best support is to what you just said is no words is literally just cheering me on for the things that keep me going. Right. Just just be there. I have Mm -hmm. some amazing best friends, sister friends and We've been rocking since high school. So they, of course, knew Andre. Um, and I can say they have been, they have just been there. Mm-hmm. Um, no judgment, nothing mm-hmm. to say. Just come over because I just need your energy. Just loving and on you. Fall asleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. That part. That part. Right. It's so important. It is mm-hmm. so important to just be, mm-hmm. just show up. That's you don't it. have to come with any words of wisdom. Just show up and be you. That's why you're that's my friend. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So that's what I would say. And then, you know, widowhood, is it's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. It took me a very, it took me a while to even say the word widow because I feel like it's so dark. And widow, yeah. like, even if you Google it, mm-hmm. it's like black spiders. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and then, you know, I think there's something to be said about the conversation of widowhood and it's very whitewashed. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see a lot of black women, especially young black women talking about yeah. grief and widowhood and, mm-hmm. and what they need. So I pray as the next iteration of Kingdom Divas and the blog Edified yeah. launches that I'll be able to be what I wish I had. 
Ooh, mm-hmm. say that. I love that. Well, I love the name Widow Warrior already. So that Thank right there, you. it just, you, yeah. you've, already, you've already changed the lens by calling it that. That's a beautiful Thank name. Really. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I want to talk about Diversify now, right? Just yeah. shifting gears and, and thinking about things that you are passionate about. Can we talk about Diversify now? What is it? Yeah. Um, why was it important? The whole nine. Yes. Diversified Now is a boutique diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting agency. It was birthed and really amplified, I should say. I won't say birth because we were doing the work years prior, but amplified uh-huh. um, after we all witnessed the murder of George Floyd. And you saw so many companies making their proclamations, declarations, mm-hmm, mission mm-hmm. statements, and monologues yeah. about <laughs> how we need to change um, and and. Prioritize this DEI work. And and so we said, okay, we're doing this work anyway. Let's roll up our sleeves and be a part of the change. And so Diversify took off. We've had the amazing opportunity to work with some amazing companies. And I really think our approach, um, which is working with C-suite executives first, really looking at policies and procedures, then we proceed with programming, um, Mm -hmm. um, has really allowed us to be different. Because if you just, Mm -hmm. you know, broadcast the panel, the fireside chat, uh, Mm -hmm. put a face that might fit uh, the casting of your conversation for the day, but you still don't (laughs) have the people in the right positions being compensated accordingly, we still got work to do. Um, So that's where Diversified Now comes in. My amazing partner um, is Rachel Pierce, um, who really has also taken Diversified Now and and interwoven it in all of her work as well. Um, We've been able to come together. So I kind of take my communications lens and package it and present the work differently. And she takes her HR and culture and DEI lens and ensure we don't miss the mark um, in terms of recommendations and programming. So it's been an amazing, amazing, amazing um, opportunity and a blessing to see it grow. That's awesome because I love that you guys did it during a time where you could just jump all over it. And like, you know, it was a perfect time. Like I yeah. talk about God's timing, like that was a perfect time to grow this. Now, when you decided to do it, mm-hmm. um, did you get any, in working with these companies, did you get any pushback, uh, you know, in what you presented to them? Maybe that they didn't want to hear or they didn't feel like, like how you does know, it I work think, overall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely. You know, anytime you have a business, you are a black woman. And then you may have the audacity to want to come ready and prepared. Some people can even perceive that as a threat, even though you have what they need to get to the next level. Yeah. Yep. And so we definitely um, experienced that. But I think the gift we had was that we want the, the client that is for us. Mm-hmm. And that client mm-hmm. is going to see our talent, our expertise. The value in it, yep the value in it. And so Mm -hmm. we're approaching these conversations. How can we help you evolve your brand? Not convincing you that I'm the woman for the job. Um, Now you can ask your questions about who we are and our company and testimonials, and we'll run everything you need um, to be sure in your decision-making and hiring us. But Mm -hmm. we're not going to approach the conversation of I need to do hoops and tricks to gain validation for something that's obvious. 
yeah. that we can help you with. So it, it yeah. definitely came with those, yeah. um, you know, experiences. Mm-hmm. But I think early on we said, no, we have to go into this work confident in who we are, because if we're not, we can't hand the baton for the next generation that we're advocating for. Yeah. Now, did you, after all that uh, affirmative action hoopla that took place mm-hmm. or whatever, and we started seeing like all of these executives being released, um, have you guys, I mean, I, I guess it's still kind of fresh too, but have you guys started to notice any of that? Like, oh, we were placating y'all now that we don't have to do this, you know, yeah, we're not? Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. that for us, the benefit again is our starting point at Diversified Now, which is really in, we start with um, coaching with your C-suite executives, and we really look at your policies and procedures. That for us provides a blind spot radar, if you will, because if you're not willing to come to the conversations authentic, you're not willing to change and enhance your policies and procedures, then are you really, you have to ask the question, committed to this work long term. So I think we have the blessing of a lot of the clients that we um, are partnering with. They're really wanting change. They made the investment, but they also haven't deviated from the timeline, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But just Generally, just the volume has changed and shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. But you also are able to identify clients and organizations that are really about advancing um, yeah. the space of DEI. Yeah. Well. Okay, so I have to I have to uh, end on this note because we talked about it in the beginning. So I'm bringing it back full circle. Yay! We talked about you being an Emmy Award winning media haven. We yeah. have to end. we have to talk about that. We have to celebrate yeah. you and give you your flowers Aww. right now on Inside Lines <laughs> Podcast. Tell us about what you won. Wow. So the, you know, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I had not shared with too many people that I won an Emmy. Um, and that's my own soul work that I'm still on the journey of doing, which yeah, is Yeah, should be like, screaming it from the rooftop. Like, why am I cowarding in this? Mm -hmm. Why am I not Mm -hmm. celebrating this? But Mm -hmm. you, some industries can make you conditioned to feel like, oh, no, you still got something else to prove. Or what else Mm -hmm. did you really do? Did you, Mm -hmm. you know, so Mm -hmm. I struggled with um, celebrating it. But I'm not, because come the fall, I got a whole photo shoot planned. Let's go. I'm not stepping into this. Let's go. I know that's I'm going to step into this black girl glory, but you know, I am so blessed. Um, The piece that um, I partnered with our amazing lead anchor, shout out to Erica Sargent at CBS Chicago, on, she called me up and she said, I need help. I need um, you to take on this interview to bring only what you can bring to this interview. It was a Chicago blues interview in which we were honoring um, arts and culture in Chicago um, by a a female. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. A female uh, blues and musician. Her name was Ivy Ford. And so many times when we think of the blues, we think of amazing, black, strong, talented men. But there are some women in the space, too. Mm -hmm. And so she called me up Mm -hmm. and she said, you just do what you do. She had no clue that earlier that week we discovered the aneurysms on my husband's brain. 
And mm. so I remember him saying, I called my husband and I was with him actually. And I said, am I supposed to do this? Like, I can't leave you. And he's like, oh, you're going to do this and you're going to be amazing. That's, you're going to go and you're going to do what Relicia mm. does best. And so I did. Um, I brought everything that I could to the interview. Erica had her beautiful talent and all her glory on it. Um, and I was able to add to it and it won an Emmy. And so I'm so proud of that. But I'm just thinking about the time um, that project released my voice. Um, mm-hmm. What I really want to do and yeah. to have mm-hmm. my husband's affirmation and industry validation that, girl, you did that. Mm-hmm. That was a moment. So I look forward to celebrating it soon in a bigger way. Moment. But again, on this podcast first. <laughs> I, I can't you know wait what? to see these we pictures in the God. fall, girl. <laughs> right. But, but you know, you just talk about God ordering your steps, right? Because you, when you think about just the, the, the timing of even being presented with the opportunity and how dark of a time it was, but how you were able to, one, your husband know that you did some dope shit. But mm-hmm. then two, like win an award and like really take it to the top. Like that is amazing. That is yes, absolutely amazing. It, it, Congratulations. I, thank you. That and I think so that awesome. too is a part of why I haven't even said too much because I still can't believe it. I'm still like, well, believe wow. it because we cheering for you right now. We are so Listen. honored to have you on. <laughs> I want to yeah. see your next profile pic with the Emmy right here. Yes. <laughs> Just Real like talk. Real talk. Yeah. Okay. Before you yes. leave, we want to play a little mm-hmm. game. It's called the two minute drill. And yes. you know, it's this, that, or the other. We're going to ask you a this or that question or a fill in the blank. You ready? I've been a little anxious <laughs> about this because I, 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 decisiveness, <laughs> but let's, we can do this. We can this do is this. fun. This is this. all, this is all easy, easy, fun. Whatever okay. comes first. Yeah. You ready, Tia? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Organize everything or plan nothing. Organize everything. <laughs> I wish if I could say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Ooh. If I could change anything about the way. Shout out to Linda and Ron Howard, by the way. <laughs> um, if I could change anything about the way that I was raised, what would it be? Hmm. It could be something like. Yeah, I would, I would, oh, I would have got a dog sooner. So I would have had more time to learn how to really take care of the dog. And my daddy didn't give it away. (laughs) And I would have, I would have gotten permission to go to my junior prom with Andre. In my district in Mm -hmm. high school, junior prom was your prom. But I had like this family tradition. Prom season is only senior year. I was devastated. I wanted to go with Dre. And my dad was like, "Uh, you are a junior. You're not going to prom. But if I could change anything, you know, Ron Howard didn't play those games. But I I wish I would have got a dog (laughs) sooner. And I wish I would have been able to go to junior prom with Dre. Love that. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Be able to play every musical instrument or master every type of sport. I think master the sports um, because as I step into this new dating world, child, I feel like I need to be able to have that language to uh-huh. relate. Um, and right wow. now, it's like I turn on the Super Bowl, I, I turn on the championship, and then I'm asking all these questions. 
you know, and I feel like I need a different path. I need to invest in myself in a different way. We're going so to on the play fantasy football. We're going to get you to play fantasy this football this fall. So exactly. we're going to get you right. Don't, don't worry about it. We got you. Please. And... <laughs> And we're going to get you to our Super Bowl show uh, yes. in Las yes, Vegas. It's okay. in Vegas. Yes. It's in Vegas. Yes. We'll, okay. We'll get to so that. Okay. We're on a two minute drill. Come on. What's next to you? Yeah. Yeah. So, dim sum or sushi? Oh, sushi like, all day. Sushi. Okay. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say? No. I'm a, I, I've gotten a little bold with those calls. If you get me on the line, like, you know, yeah, it's gonna because I'm a texter. So if I'm talking to you, yeah. what is it? <laughs> yeah, I love. That. Would you rather be the center of attention or go unnoticed? <sighs> I don't want to sound deep, but um, I think for so long I thought I had to go unnoticed, not to seem arrogant. But I believe mm-hmm. God is calling me at a place where He's saying, mm-hmm. "Take your rightful place." And if that center stage, your heart posture will lead you before anyone else's opinion can own you. Listen, well, come on and preach to me then. Well, here's another question similar to to that one. Would you rather be famous for all the wrong reasons or not famous at all? I think, you know, not famous at all. Wealthy and luxurious, low-key life is my vibe. Over in the cut. um, Over in the cut. You know, just in the cut. Yes. <laughs> Keep me over there. I don't need to be out there, but it's in there. <laughs> Real, talk. Real talk. Okay. Would you rather have an exciting but dangerous life or a boring but meaningful life? I think you kind of answered it already. Oh, yeah. That's very similar. <sighs> that is. <sighs> I don't know. I, <laughs> that's a good one. I think e- exciting or boring. Exciting or boring. Exciting. I want to be exciting. I want to yeah. be exciting. It's the meaningful f- part that part that kind of throws yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, okay. Yeah, an exciting, is, meaningful life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that part. She's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna help y'all out with this question. Okay, here's the final yeah. question. It's, it's really easy. What is next for Relicia? It is self love unapologetically, I and that. I think that's gonna open up the promise that God has for me. That's it. Mm, mm, mm. There you go. When I say you have been preaching to me. I know. I love, I love, love, love talking to you. Thank you. I know there's going to be so many people that want to talk to you and reach out to you. If they want to get a hold of you, where do they... Where do they find you? How do they reach out Absolutely. to you? Absolutely. Please, please go follow me on Instagram, which is at my faith, his grace, spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, you can check me out on Facebook, Relicia Brumfield, um, or you can visit my website, www.reliciabrumfield.com. Yes. And I'll be sure to put links to all of that in our show notes. Thank, thank you. you. Like, so can I just give you all us? your flowers? Like, ah. What? Like, thank you. Thank you for going forth with what's been placed on your heart. Thank you for these authentic conversations. Thank you for opening up a space for people like me to um, be able to share not only their story, but also find sisterhood Mm -hmm. in it too. So can I just say thank you? And I just speak that the best is yet to come for you both. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. That is our show. For the latest on the Inside Lines podcast, make sure to follow us at Inside Lines podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. 
You can also listen online and share your favorite episodes at our website, which is InsideLinesPodcast.com. And if y'all don't know by now, we have a YouTube channel. That's right. Follow us at InsideLinesPodcast and make sure you subscribe and hit that bell so you get all the notifications when the new episode comes out. Until next time, leave it all out on the field. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.